What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Sanchez of The Bad Promoter coming at you with a special guest. We have Ross the Turbo Levine, a Brooklyn native with a lengthy background in karate and kickboxing. He is the middleweight champion of the Karate Combat League, the founder, owner, and head coach of Turbo Sports Performance, and even champions his work ethic outside of the gym as a physical therapist. So, Ross, how you doing, man? I'm good, brother. I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you having me here. And uh, and and first of all, that uh, that nice intro. And yeah, whenever whenever you're good to go, man, let's let's jump right into it. Amazing, amazing. So I guess just to get things started, uh, if there's like one theme for your life that can represent how you have accomplished what you have, what would that be? And uh, how does this drive you to become the fighter and the man that you are? Yeah, I mean, I think um, one of the biggest things that's just a, a general theme and like consistent throughout my life is work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've I've never been, you know, from a fighting perspective, even as an athlete. Uh, I was never like the the biggest, the strongest, the fastest or anything like that growing up. So, you know, I'd say in general, I was pretty much a middle of the pack as far as my athletics go. But I think the the work ethic that was instilled in me, whether it be from my parents and just like watching my dad, you know, have such a hard drive to help our family be successful. And then my coaches, you know, them instilling like, hey, you got to work for everything because you don't have the physical gifts that all these other kids have. You know, you're going to really have to work for it if you want to be successful. And that's just carried into every other thing I've done in my life, whether it be competition or grad school or even like my relationships and Mm. things like that. So, yeah, yeah, definitely work ethic is the big like consistent factor. Amazing. At what point did you see that work ethic really like working for you to like take that next step in your career or uh, you won like a really big fight? Uh, what, What was the one point where you can look back on and be like, okay, yeah, that was that was where I really started to to truly see it? You know, I guess it starts way back. Like when I was training, um, I know a lot of the, the New York family and, and the martial artists that see this will know the name Jotty Tension. Uh, you know, I, I worked out, I started working out with Jotty Tension and, and he really became a big mentor of mine, you know, when I was about 15 turning 16 years old. And there were so many talented fighters and competitors that came through his gym but none of them would really stick around. You know, they would come and they would work out and they would train a little bit and then they'd disappear and then maybe they'd come back here and there. And I was one of the only ones that really just stuck it out. And I think, you know, part of it, and and I was the one that really became the most successful in the Mm -hmm. end too. And I I think that was the turning point where it's like, you know what, I might not be better than all of these guys right now, but I damn sure work harder than all of them. So as I saw like, you know, even though I wasn't winning every tournament or I wasn't doing this, like I was the one that was still there, you know, where all these other guys who were probably on paper more talented than me, they weren't winning the tournaments either, but they were falling off and going and doing different things. And, you know, I was just a guy that stuck around and I was always there, always working hard, never asked any questions, you know, or never, I should say, I asked a lot of questions, <laughs> but, but I never like challenged the, mm-hmm. the, the mode, the mindset of what we were doing. It was like, said jump i said ah hi like all right let's do it i'm just gonna say yes sir and do what i gotta do and i think that's where i really saw like hey this this just like shutting my mouth keeping my head down and working really pays off and then you know from there it carried into grad school where you saw people just kind of stressing out over the the workload of graduate programs and my doctorate program and me just kind of like hey this it is what it is i just just shut up and do it you know and and that's Mm -hmm. where again i think that work ethic just kind of took over Amazing. Yeah. I mean, just to, just to uh, piggyback off that a little bit, how were you able to balance uh, your time between your uh, professional career inside fighting world and outside of it? 
Yeah, I think it's just that, you know, you, you kind of said it right there. It's balance. You know, you got to you got to have some time management skills. And um, for me, it was very black and white. There, there really is no room for a gray area. You know, I knew I had to be in school from this time to this time. I had to study for this many hours to, to accomplish what I needed to do to retain the information. And then I had to block off time for myself because if I wasn't taking care of me, like that self-care of going to the gym and training and having that release, I was useless, you know, just so, so it was really just time management and the rest of the day just became the rest of the day. You know, I need this many hours of sleep. I, I'm going to eat here. I'm going to do that. It was just becoming a master of my schedule, uh, which allowed me to really focus in and, and make the most out of my time there. Amazing. Yeah. So uh, just to just to switch the convo a little bit, uh, you know, I recently rewatched and took notes on your fights with Igor de Castaneda and your championship fight with Shaheen Adamov. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'll say, man, your ability to control the center of the pit, your striking ability, it really stood out to me. It was very, uh, very outstanding, of course. Thank you. And your ability to remain composed under pressure, it just really like, stuck out for those fights from my perspective. Uh, so just mm-hmm. from your perspective, like what qualities do you think help you stand out as a fighter and uh, how do you look to improve? Yeah, I think a lot of that is just my experience kind of paying off. Um, karate combat is is a relatively new league. You know, they're they're about five and a half, almost six years into their their tenure. Um, and even though a lot of the competitors, they they're like Olympic level you know, karate fighters from the point karate league, not a lot of them have the same full contact experience, although we're starting to see it now. Like now it's really taking on that role as well, where a lot of people who have professional or amateur kickboxing MMA experience are coming in and being successful. I was one of the first ones that jumped in and, and immediately had an effect. And I think it, it just goes down to my experience, you know, and, and being able to stay calm and, and collected under pressure and know where I should be and know where I shouldn't be and always put myself in a position where I can be successful, you know, never doing anything that's outside of my lane. Um, you know, I know what I'm good at. I know where I succeed and where I thrive. And I also understand the rules and like the environment of karate combat, where I would say most people don't understand how different it is to fight in the pit. You know, I know you've, you've been watching and rewatching some of these fights and the pit is very different from like a ring or a cage, you know, where if your back is to the ropes, or your back is to the cage, it's a very firm stopping point. So, you know, you bump into it, you bounce off of it, and then you can roll and move and still escape. In the pit, you can't do that. You know, if you step onto that angled wall, you fall, and now mm-hmm. you're a huge target. So for me, understanding that allows me to force myself to the center and always push my opponents into that place where they're at a huge disadvantage there. So, you know, it's just understanding the rule set and knowing what I'm good at. And like I said, just kind of staying in my lane. That's amazing, man. And uh, one thing you mentioned, uh, composure. So in the Adamov fight uh, in round three, you know, there was some chaos in there. Uh, you had to deal with an accidental eye poke. And at another mm-hmm. point, your belt was like literally pulled into where you were striked uh, in the face. Um, so how did you remain composed in that instance? Because then from there on, from my opinion, you you ended up dominating like the championship round. So how did, how did you take that moment, remain composed, and then go on and, and finish that fight on top? Yeah, so, so funny story about that is um, I actually poked myself in the eye. Uh, so mo- most people don't know that I've said in a couple of like, little interviews here and there, but yeah, I, I like threw a punch and when I recoiled, I like scraped my eye and uh, yeah, it was just, I've never been poked in the eye before. I've really never had any eye injuries, thankfully, you know, but that was the most uncomfortable thing. And you, you'd imagine like, I need to be able to see so I can fight. 
So now like I'm blurry, I'm blinking and, and there's a guy throwing heavy punches at me. Um, so honestly, when he grabbed my belt and, and that's obviously a foul, you're not allowed to do that. You can grab the belt to throw, but you can't grab the belt, hold me there and then strike. So when the, when he did that and the referee separated us, it was like just the right amount of time for me to kind of like wipe my eye, get myself together and be like, okay, let me, let me switch stances. And and now I'm just going to fight with my, my good eye forward. And, and mm-hmm. that'll allow me to see a little bit better. Um, and yeah, we just made that adjustment kind of on the fly. And I think again, it, it, it touts my experience and just knowing how to stay calm uh, and yeah, and, and just do what I have to do to win. You know, sometimes the the things that you want to do or the things that you're good at get neutralized um, or they're just not effective that day or you're having an off day. That doesn't mean you just go up. Oh, well, I'm going to lose. You know, you have to be able to bend and break and move and, and be adaptable. And I think that's one of my biggest uh, my biggest points of like success when I fight is I'm not stuck in one mode. Uh, I can I can manipulate and my uh, my style is very malleable. And I do what I have to do, you know, and sometimes not what I want to do, but my goal is to win. And that's what we got to do. Yeah. So when you're, when you're mentioning uh, never having dealt with an eye injury in your career, what types of injuries have you, have you dealt with and how has your background as a physical therapist really helped you like recover and uh, get better as, as you move along? Yeah. You know, I've had a couple of, of bigger injuries in my career. Like I had a hamstring tear back in 2010. This was before my full contact career that you know, took me out for almost a year of just like, actually, that's, that's why I got into physical therapy as a career. Mm. Um, You know, I I really enjoyed being in that setting. And at that time in my life, I really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, So it became the outlet where I'm like, you know what, here's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So I started doing that. Uh, But the other thing is people really don't know this either. Leading up to that fight with Adamov, my first day of sparring, I had a really bad knee injury. Um, uh, one of my teammates, you know, unintentionally tried to sweep me and I had like a grade two tear in my MCL. So we had to shut everything down. Just as I started getting better, like a couple weeks before the fight, we started sparring again. I was weightlifting, I deadlifted and I hurt my back. Mm. Um, turns out I ended up having a, a disc current and weeks after the fight, I was like losing strength and, and I was having weakness in my leg. Um, that took a, a while to rehab as well. So I had a lot of injuries, like more injuries than ever going into that fight. And we still made it happen. Um, and yeah, balancing out as a physical therapist, you know, if I wasn't a PT, I don't know if I would have been able to kind of hold myself accountable and, and tell myself like, Hey, okay, we need to pull back a little bit. I'm still going to be fine in my fight, but we have to focus on rehabilitation right now. Uh, and then learning how to push forward, learning how to pull back a little bit. So just like self-management has been the biggest key as a PT. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, one thing that came to mind when you were mentioning, uh, you know, dealing with that in- injury in training camp and like leading up to the fight. From your perspective, this is a two-part question. So from your perspective, as someone in, in like the fighting world, how often do you think injuries of that nature happen uh, to someone leading up to a big fight? And two, why do you think, I don't, want, I don't want to generalize all fans here, but a large majority of fans tend to dismiss that, like either going into a fight or following it like what, during the conversation? Well, I mean, I, I would say everyone's dealing with something going into a fight. You know, training camp is, is intense and it should be, right? You're preparing mm-hmm. for battle. Uh, not every training camp is going to be the same. 
Um, sometimes you can have a picture perfect training camp. Everything goes exactly the way you plan and you have a terrible performance. And there's other times when you have an absolute shit show of a training camp and you end up winning world titles. So there's no correlation all the time to it has to be perfect all the time. You know, for, for me and my team, the goals are just improvement. Like as long as we're making little improvements along the way, the fight's going to be the easy part. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's way more injuries that people don't disclose and mm -hmm. why should they, you know, like yeah. pe people don't need to know what's going on in my body. Like I certainly don't want to broadcast my injuries and then my opponent take advantage of that. You know, I just want to do the best I can to get myself to the fight and, and do what I got to do. So hundred percent people are dealing with injuries way more than the public knows. And sometimes they disclose that at the end of the fight. Sometimes they don't. But um, as far as the fans dismissing it, they should. Because if I step in the ring or the pit or the cage, I am showing the world that I am prepared for combat. So, you know, if you're a fan of mine and I go out there and I have a terrible performance and afterwards I'm like, oh, yeah, but by the way, I had this injury and that injury. You're like, then why the hell did you fight, dude? Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to be here supporting you. And like, oh, you're fighting with all these injuries. So, you know, fans don't care and they shouldn't care. You know, if, if I'm a fan of someone, like the last thing I want to hear when someone loses is, oh, yeah, I had this. And, you know, the, my favorite or my least favorite is, you know, when they ask uh, someone about losing a fight and they're like, you know, no excuses. Mm. But <laughs> it's like here, yeah. no excuses. But means here comes the list of excuses. It's like, just shut up. You, if you are there and you show up to fight, you are as good as you can possibly be. And the result is yours to own. So, um, you know, I, I don't really mind that fans dismiss that. You know, I just, I just appreciate when people support me, period. That's amazing. When you're, you're mentioning, uh, like during training camp, you're always looking to improve, finding ways to improve. Mm -hmm. Like how do you, how do you measure that success? Um, or measure, rather measure that improvement over time, uh, for stuff that's not necessarily, uh, like quantifiable. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's, it's really not palpable. Um, sometimes it's just the, the experience of putting myself in situations where I'm able to learn, you know, I never want to be, you know, even though I'm, you know, I'm a world champion, you know, mm -hmm. two-time world champion with karate combat. Um, you know, I'm never sitting at the top of the mountain, like, okay, I'm the man and I'm better than everybody. And now you guys got to come take this from me. Like that's never my mentality. And when it is, Every like, cause of course ego's a, ego's a motherfucker. Right. So like, it'll drown you a little bit. And I have a really good team around me to be like, yo, we need to like work on this, work on this. Like you get, you need to get better here. So number one, I have a great team. Number two, you know, I have a really good support system that always keeps me in check. Um, and number three, I think my personality is always built on, you know, my success, like we talked about earlier has been predicated on a good work ethic. So you know, I think it's my nature to just always want to seek out better. We always talk about you can't see the next highest mountain until you're at the peak of the mountain you're on. Mm -hmm. So if, I, if I'm climbing a mountain, I can't see anything behind it because this mountain is, is in my way. Once I get to that peak, and sometimes that peak is a world championship, all of a sudden we're like, oh my God, there's, there's higher mountains out there. And some people shy away from that and they're like, I'm just going to stay the king of this mountain. And then they lose their championships, right? But our our journey, as um, you know, my team is concerned. It's like, okay, let's find the next biggest mountain and tackle that. This way, the people that are trying to climb this mountain, by the time they get to the top, I'm so far ahead of them that we're just always trying to find that next peak and just find out what's up there. And, and we're just going to keep getting better. And that's that's kind of our mentality.
That's awesome. Um, so, so, so what is that next mountain for you? Uh, whether it be in fighting or outside of fighting, like what, what are, what's in the works for turbo? Yeah. I mean, so, so nothing in the works right now, fight wise, but again, like this is the time when I'm going to get better. So I have a, an amazing strength and conditioning coach, Brad West, who's, uh, who's been with me, you know, forever. And, you know, he's been getting me right. So we're constantly building my body to be prepared for whatever does come next. So, you know, I think the biggest mistake people make in combat sports is they, they just kind of maintain. And then when they sign a fight contract, they're like, okay, now I got to like kick into gear mm-hmm. and it becomes this mad race to, to the fight date. And that's like the worst thing you can possibly do. So this right now, when I actually don't have anything signed is when I'm making the most progression because mm-hmm. I'm healthy. I don't have to really like kill myself on my diet, but I can stay in great shape and really make improvements in my strength and conditioning. I can make improvements in my technique. You know, my coaches are always working on new things like karate combat at the end of last year, reintroduced knees to the rule set. So we've been just developing all these new ways to throw knees. So we're just always looking at different things and trying to improve in any way possible. You know, I might train with someone new to get some new perspective and, you know, work with other high level fighters. So in that sense, that's, that's the next mountain top is, is just new levels and developments in my game. Um, as far as like business goes, uh, like we mentioned before, and, and thank you for mentioning uh, my uh, the ownership of Turbo Sports Performance. You know, that's uh, the company that I run. I, I do remote physical therapy and strength and conditioning for combat athletes. So for me there, it's just studying, learning, like keeping up with the new research and developing the next athlete so that they can be the best that they can possibly be. So it's all about growth and meeting new people and hiring new coaches and just continuing to help and and everyone just chasing that next level, whatever it is and never being satisfied, I guess. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. You know, so as a well-rounded fighter and especially you mentioning that, uh, you know, working on, on your knees at the moment, um, what advice can you give to someone in regard to showing proper respect to either other disciplines or uh, new skill sets to add to their toolbox? Yeah. One thing I always tell my students is something that my dad told me since I was a little kid and, he, he always stressed, like, no matter how good you are, there is always somebody bigger, badder, mm-hmm. better than you, you know? And it's like always having that in the back of the mind is probably what's triggered that, like, I'm always not, not running away from that, but I'm always trying to get further ahead. So that bigger, badder person is always me, you know? Um, so I think that's part of it is just knowing that there's always somebody out there, you know, when, as soon as you think you're the man, hang it up because you're not, I promise you, you're not. So, uh, you know, that's, that's probably the advice that I give. And I give that to my students too, of like, just never be satisfied. You know, we always got to keep chasing that next level, whatever that might be. And, you know, white belt mentality, or uh, some people call it like the empty cup theory of, uh, you know, whatever you think, you know, every time you step on the mat, empty it out, fill it back up. So, you know, I remember one time I did a seminar with uh, Miriam Nakamoto, who at one point was touted as the best female Muay Thai fighter of all time. Um, and it was a two hour seminar. And for the first hour, I think the only strike we threw was a jab. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in the room were like, oh, like I, I, I've been doing jabs. Like I already know how to throw a jab. And it's like, you're missing the point because it's not about the jab. It's about how she moves her head, how she mm-hmm. steps, how she sets it up. You know, the, the angle, like all the little details behind that jab are what make her successful. And just because you think, you know, a jab, you really don't know anything, you know? So it's just always like emptying out your cup and learn, relearn and adapt. That's really what it's all about. That's a good point. And then as I could imagine, like 
say you're in a fight and you're getting tired, you stop, you stop losing those uh, minor details. That's when you're going to get caught. Huge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely that's good. Um, so yeah, so I'd like, I'd like to know what's one thing that you can, um, you know, inform fans about either martial arts or the combat sports industry that would be helpful for them to understand it a little better or just mm-hmm. to show some more respect to those who compete. Yeah, I think people, um, well, first of all, you never know what someone's going through. You know, we, we've all got stuff going on. And I know that when you're a fan and you're watching fight sports, we all seem like giants and we seem like superheroes and we're indestructible. But, you know, it's like we got a lot of stuff going on, too. M- many fighters, sometimes that's their only means of, of income. Um, so to be criticized so heavily and it comes with the territory, but, you know, be a little bit more compassionate for the people that are going out there and providing entertainment for you. Um, cause you never know what someone's going through, you know, so there, there's always stuff happening behind the scenes. Um, and I think something that I would really love for people to understand is like how important mental health is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a huge thing that, you know, I've dealt with some issues with that as well, uh, as a, a litany of fighters, I, I would be shocked if any fighter came out here and was like, I've never had any problems. I've never had an eating disorder. I've never had, you know, mental health problem. I've never been depressed. I've never been sad. Like. That's a lie. They're straight up lying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's a lot of mental health battles that go into uh, the stress of training camp, the, st- the stress of fighting, of winning and losing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, just be a little bit more compassionate for the people who are providing that entertainment and, you know, reach out, say, hey, you know, and, uh, and support the people that you like, you know, and don't be like nasty to the people you don't like it. We're all out here just trying to provide entertainment, make a living and, you know, do what we love. Awesome. That, that's amazing. And I guess just to, to wrap things up um, on our end, uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Anything uh, you're working on you want to talk about? To, uh, shed some light on to the audience? Yeah, I appreciate that. So um, uh, anybody who's listening, you guys can follow me. Uh, the, my biggest platform right now is Instagram. So it's at Ross underscore Turbo underscore Levine. Um, that's where you can reach me and interact with a lot of the stuff I do online. You know, a majority of my content is you know, based off of Turbo Sports performance. So if you're looking for any type of like rehab advice or, you know, just want to, sometimes I have a little comedy in some of my posts and everything. So if you want a good laugh on, you know, just some general like strength and conditioning stuff, you know, jump on there, send me DMs, interact on my posts. Like uh, I'm, I'm really a very, very much an open book as I'm sure you found out, you know, we organized this, what, like two, three days ago. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm usually, I'm really quick to get back to people. So please don't hesitate, reach out and just touch base and say, Hey, um, but yeah, that's, that's the best way to reach me. And then continue to follow me on my journey with karate combat, right? Karate.com follow everything on YouTube. And, you know, hopefully I'll be fighting again soon before the end of the year. Right on. Appreciate it. Cool. Well, hey, I really appreciate your time and, uh, you know, really appreciate you uh, just diving into to all of these questions, man. Uh, it really means a lot. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Keep doing your thing. I, I really enjoyed chatting with you. And um, we have a couple mutual friends. So I'm glad we, we got put in touch. And, and this was awesome, man. Best of luck in everything that you're doing with your journey as well. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Bad Promoter. As always, keep up with me online at thebadpromoter.com. Keep listening to the podcast on Spotify. Follow my Substack, And keep up with me on Instagram and Twitter at The Bad Promoter. Let's get it.